And so here's my thesis very quickly this morning. Christmas is a microcosm of life, is a representation of something on a, in a small scale, on a much larger scale, scale called life. We experience ups and downs at Christmas, battles and blessings, and because we live in a fallen world that's just not perfect, no matter how often we sing silver bells or think these happy thoughts, we live in a world that is filled with pain and joy, filled with battles and blessings, filled with downs and ups. And there's some people here this morning that are experiencing many, many more blessings and battles. But listen, there are people here this morning whose battles are overwhelming them and the blessings are obscured. So I rejoice in Christmas, but I long for the all-glorious eternal Christmas that will never, ever, ever, ever cease. So let me read a few verses here. This is going to be, in the, I'm going to be in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 7, Paul has gone through this incredible statement uh, about, about daily living. He says, as an apostle, he says, he says the, the, the good things I do not want to do, I do not always do. That's the apostle Paul. And he says, and the bad things I don't want to do, I sometimes do. And then he cries out in, in, in a sense of, of, of pain. He says this, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? <clears throat> Answer, verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin and death. He says, I look to Jesus and then he goes, he jumps into chapter 8, which is one of the most glorious chapters in all the Bible. It's just a glorious chapter. He says in chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore, because of Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. He says, we are in the Spirit. He says, we are people who live according to the Spirit. And he says this in verse 15, we didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, and by that spirit we cry out, Abba, Father, dear Father. So the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if we're children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And he says, verse 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy and not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. And then this chapter of incredible joy and proclamation, he says this, verse 19, very interesting. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation longs. And then he says in verse 23, he says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Paul says, you know, we have the Holy Spirit. There's no condemnation. We're in the family of God. We're heirs. Of, but he says, but there is in the midst of this joy, there's still groaning. We long for our full adoption. We long for 
faith to be sight. We long for the full redemption of our bodies. We long for resurrection bodies where there'll be no pain or sorrow or suffering. We, 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 we long for that. So, so I, I, in the middle of this chapter that is glorious and, and wonderful, he says, we long. We groan. We live in a world of battles and blessings. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? He says the glory is coming. And so when I think about the battles and the blessings and the ups and the downs and the ins and outs of Christmas. And I think about people here today who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I carry a list with me this time of year in my prayer folder of people who in the last year have lost a loved one. It's a long list. Parents who've lost children. So, thanks be to God for the joyful now. We rejoice now. But thanks be to God for the joyful anticipation of that which is to come. Now, just two words of, of application. First of all, to those of us who claim to be believers and to be followers of Christ fully. There, there's a hymn. My favorite hymn is Joy to the World. And favorite Christmas hymn. And he says, Isaac Watts, anything written by Isaac Watts is good. It's just, just take it to the bank. You don't have to, okay. This is, in one sense, it's no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Let me explain that to you. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. We know from Genesis chapter 3 that the result of the fall of man into sin is labor, childbirth labor that is painful, and that, 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 that the ground will produce fruits and vegetables, but also thorns and thistles. And so Isaac Watts is saying, because of the coming of Messiah King, because Jesus comes in the fullness of time, the eternal God in the flesh, he reverses to a degree, not, substan not entirely, but he reverses the, the, the curse of the fall, that there is fellowship with God. There is the Holy Spirit who empowers us. And he says, no more let thorns and thistles grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Now, now I, I read that, and some people say, well, he's talking about the new kingdom in heaven. No, he's not. I mean, it's present tense. And if, if you've ever studied eschatology, and he was post-millennial. So he's not thinking about a future kingdom. He's talking about now. And I think the now is what the Bible talks about, too, in this regard. So my question to you, as you look at 2017, I ask myself this, what areas or area do you want to bring to the Lord and say, Lord, no more let thorns and thistles grow in this part of my life? Whether it's just a critical spirit or lack of thanksgiving or lack of tears for people who are going to hell without Christ or lack of proper stewardship in the area of time, talents, and treasures, whatever. And we, what do you want to give to the Lord afresh? Or anew in this part of your life. No more let thorns. Lord, I, I don't want thorns and thistles to grow in my, my thought life. And I'm going to do A, B, and C under the power of the Holy Spirit to make a change. Lord, I, I want, I want my, this relationship to sing. I want to be filled with bitterness and rage and unforgiveness. Lord, make me new. See, Jesus came to call a people unto himself and to make us a holy priesthood, a royal nation, and a people who belong to God. So, so pray for me. I want to be able to sing, no more let thorns and thistles grow. 
nor thorns infested ground. I don't struggle with sin until the day I die. But, but Lord, you came to make your blessings flow in my life. So the blessings, our feasting, our joy, and our celebration, we live in the almost but the not yet, but we live in the inaugurated kingdom. Thanks be to God. The Holy Spirit is here. And yes, we have sorrows, and we groan because our bodies falling apart, and true glory awaits. The second word is to those of you who are here this morning, and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord. So in the book of Romans, after chapter 8, you have chapter 9, 10, and 11, and it's just heavy-duty theology that's full of glory. But this is what Paul writes in, 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 in chapter 9. He says this, verse 32. He says, let me start with verse 30. He's writing about, writing about the nations coming to faith in Christ and how the Jews were God's chosen people to bring in Messiah King with a view of blessing the nations. And he says, what shall we say then that the nations did not pursue righteousness and have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, the Old Testament people, many of them, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Look at verse 32. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. And he says, Jesus is a stumbling stone. Jesus came to be our sin bearer, but instead of running to Messiah King and saying, you're my sin bearer, he says, there are certain people who stand back and say, you may be the sin bearer, but I can do it on my own. You may be the sin bearer, but I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to try harder and harder and harder and harder. And I'm going to work my way into the, into the good favor of God. And Paul says, you can't do it. He says, just, this, this group, they, they were brought into the kingdom where the word he uses, grafted in. He says, because they pursued a righteousness by faith alone in the finished work of Christ alone. So, so there's, there's two ways that people look at trying to be made right with God, generally speaking, two ways. One is, I do it, 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 I do it. The other is, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. He died on the cross for my sins. It's a simple gospel. It's glorious, but it's simple. And so I, I, I plead with you today on Christmas Day 2016. I plead with you. Do you understand that you can't do it? In fact, the Bible says that your good works just are like filthy rags before a holy God. You just you can't do it. You can't. Do you understand that? Do you understand there's two either... I can do it, 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 or he did it. He did it. And when you say he did it, you, you receive the gift and you rest in his favor and you rejoice in his goodness. And you cross the line from unbelief to belief by saying, I'm a sinner. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I try hard, but I blow it. I do that. I try, I, I just, I can't, I can't. I believe in the fullness of time, the eternal God became a man, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross for my sins. Rose victorious over death. Ascended into heaven. It's, 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 it's the story of the ages. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That's the Christmas message. And it is so good to hear it and to think it and to sing it and to pray it. Because there's life and hope and energy in that. So if, if you've never 
trusted in Christ, never crossed the line from question, unbelief, to just belief. We invite you to come to Christ today on Christmas Day, 2016, and see somebody after us is wearing a name badge, and we'll get you some information, talk to you, encourage you in the way of Christ. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take up an offering. So let's, let's pray. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and the tender mercies of Christ. Thank you that, um, that on Christmas Day, we wake up and we have a reason to sing. And I pray, Lord, for those the dear people around us who are good neighbors, good friends, good family members who are gracious and caring, but they do not know you. They, they live in the part of the epistemological grid where they said, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And Lord, I just pray that they would come to the point of saying, I cannot do it, and he has done it. He has done it. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. I, I pray for those of us who are followers of Jesus, maybe have been a believer for 50 or 60 years. Lord, in 2017, show us by your work, Holy Spirit, as we read the Bible, show us an area where we should say, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He came to make his blessings flow. Thank you that when you know Jesus, the blessings flow. They don't just trickle out. They flow. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I thank you for your, your steadfast goodness and mercy, Lord Christ. Come, we pray in Jesus' name. Receive our tithes and our offerings. Amen. <laughs>